Welcome to the NC4 Podcast. We exist to know Christ and make Him known. Discover the power of a connected life by listening to this message from God's Word. We've been doing this series of messages entitled Touch Points of Faith, where both individually and together as a church, we've been discovering these different touch points for each of us and believing that we're going to see a demonstration of the power of God, a coming of the Holy Spirit during this time. You know, a few weeks ago, I did this message called Floating Iron, which probably evoked more response than most of the messages I've ever done, at least in terms of online social media response. But I got word this week that there was one individual, that the nature of that message had to do with God being able to change our very natures, that God isn't hindered. Sometimes we can say, but this is who I am. The problem is if who I am is a sinner, our nature needs to be changed. This young man was really having a real struggle with a particular area of his life, and he's just saying, I don't have the energy and I don't have the strength to address this thing. He was ready to give up Christianity on the basis of that. And he heard the message one evening in kind of despair, just went to bed. And while he was sleeping, he was awakened to an angel in the room. There was an angelic presence, and he saw the angel put a cover over him, just literally put a covering over his entire body, and he said complete peace fell upon him. He recalibrated the way he was going to take his life, the way he was going to move forward, and it was just a miraculous thing, and he believes his nature changed. Amen. This is the kind of stuff that God wants to do. The devil wants us to believe that we're in an irretrievable captivity, you know, but I believe we're on the road to demask us, right? <laughs> Are you there? Yeah. <laughs> Amen. So, matter of fact, I got a message in two weeks. We're gonna call, I'm going to call it on the road to Damascus because we're going. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> okay. Boy, I'll tell you what, you shouldn't let me loose on a congregation. <laughs> so this morning, I want to talk about the mechanics, if you will, of how heaven touches earth, right? When God demonstrates his presence and power, it's heaven touching earth. Jesus taught us to pray on earth as it is in heaven. The problem is, and we're going to talk about doors and opportunity and stuff like that. I call this message the noise of opportunity because God in this season is releasing opportunities which is totally counterintuitive to everything that's happening in the world. Are you, are you there? So, so I want to call this message the noise of opportunity. But here's the deal. It came to me. I was listening to Bob Dylan's Knocking on Heaven's Door, that song, and it came to me. It's backwards. The issue isn't for us to knock on the door of heaven. Heaven is knocking on the door to earth. Heaven comes to earth. That's the deal. That's what we're instituting. That's what we're about as a church, as a congregation, and individually. On earth as it is in heaven. Back in April, we began moving through this COVID epidemic, and, and, I, and I did a Friday night chat on the basis of some prophetic words that were given, both online, Makanji, and some other places, I did a Friday night chat, and the text was from Isaiah chapter 43, where God says, Behold, I do a new thing. Will you not perceive it? All right, I say that again, where God says, Behold, I am doing a new thing. Will you not perceive it? Can I point out that when God says, I am doing a new thing, it's not conditional. 
We don't have to do anything for God to do the new thing. The Holy One of Israel wills it, and it is. Are you there? Okay, the question is, will we see it? Will we perceive it? Because if we don't perceive it, we may lose the benefit of the new thing that he's doing. And that's what we're talking about this morning. Behold, I do a new thing. But I want to affirm once more as we move through this time of, of what's called COVID captivity, that God, by the way, in Isaiah, when God says that to the Israelites, they're in captivity. Isn't, we're going, we'll see there's a whole number of areas where God speaks to people in captivity. I'm going to open a door for you. This is what God is speaking right now. Okay, so God is moving, and God is doing a new thing, and when God says to Israel, uh, I'm doing a new thing, again, it is not conditional. It's a question, what's conditional is whether we will perceive it or not. So this is a huge question, because if we fail again to see it, we may lose the grace that comes with it. So a couple of weeks ago, Pastor Ian and I were on this Zoom meeting with a pile of pastors from the Lehigh Valley, and you know, we were praying together and so forth. Pastor Ian prayed this prayer and it went through me because I hadn't heard this prayer prayed by anybody uh, through this whole captivity kind of thing that we're in. And he prayed this prayer. He said, oh, Lord God, will you please not let us miss the opportunity of this season, the opportunities that you're laying on individuals and upon the church during this season. And I thought, whoa. I mean, that's not being envisioned anywhere. Probably is, but I hadn't seen it. So I thought, that's a critical prayer. It's a critical prayer. I'm concerned that during this Touchpoint series, some of us are going to fail to see the opportunities that God is presenting us now. And then if we see them, fail to act upon them, yeah? The scriptures have a lot to say about the mechanics the spiritual mechanics of opportunity. In the scriptures, as well as in secular culture, one of the ways in which opportunity is always portrayed as knocking on a door. I mean, we have the phrase, opportunity knocks, okay? Opportunity is knocking at the door. And, and our, we always, we say also, there is a door of opportunity. And it, that, that same thing works in the scriptures. It must, either it comes from the scriptures or it's in old adage. So I've entitled, as I said, this message, The Noise of Opportunity, because <laughs> knocking is noise. Am I right? Knocking is noise. Somebody's affecting noise with a certain urgency because they want in, or we're affecting noise with a certain urgency because we want in. Yeah? We want into what God's doing. All right. So this morning, I want to look at two brief scriptures that describe opportunity as the door being knocked on. And in order for an opportunity to present itself, we need to hear the knock and the door needs to be open. But watch this. In the Bible, sometimes, sometimes God does the knocking. Sometimes we do the knocking in the Bible. Sometimes God opens the door and sometimes we have to open doors. Isn't that interesting? So it kind of works both ways. So well, I want to look at the mechanics of how all this works. I want to give you a definition first. The definition is this. Biblically, this is biblically, an open door is an occasion to do something that brings heaven to earth. When Paul is in Ephesus, which is in Asia, and he's planning to get to the city of Corinth, which is in Europe, 
He says this in 1 Corinthians 16, verses 7 through 9. He says, for I don't, I don't wish to see you just in passing. I don't want to just pass through Corinth, but I hope to remain with you for some time if the Lord permits. But I will remain in Ephesus until Pentecost. There's a sense, I need the Holy Ghost. Something needs to happen to jet me into Europe. I need the Holy Spirit. And so he says, I will remain in Ephesus until Pentecost. And then he says this, for a wide door for effective ministry has opened to me. And, there are, and then he says this, and there are many adversaries. There are many adversaries. And I, I personally don't believe the open door of ministry that Paul's referencing is in Ephesus. I think it's in Corinth. Paul's going to Europe. That's the direction of the gospel for the next, going west, that's the direction of the gospel for the next 2,000 years. So Paul characterizes the door as an opportunity. A door is an opportunity for ministry. It's a portal for heaven to come to earth. He's saying that timing is important. The celebration of Pentecost is important. In other words, the Holy Ghost being entered is important. And we need to realize that where there are doors, there are adversaries. Huh? Where there are doors, there are obstacles. Okay? So, Again, while he's under house arrest, he's in captivity. This is another captivity scripture. When Paul's under house arrest, uh, which means he's in captivity, he writes to the church in Colossae, Colossian church. He says, devote yourselves to, devote yourselves to prayer. Keep alert. Keep alert with an attitude of thanksgiving, he says, praying at the same time for us as well that God may open a door for the word so that we may speak forth the mystery of Christ for which I have also been imprisoned that I make it clear that the way I ought to speak he's in captivity and he's saying I need a door huh I need a door we're in captivity we need a door huh all of us need doors yeah Okay, so Paul is in effect saying, I'm knocking on a door here, knock with me. I need an open door, open with me. So most of us, I hope, get the idea of where we want to go this morning, all right? Now, what I hear God saying while we are pursuing this Touchpoint series is that some of us need an open door during this time, as I said. And we're not just praying, when you open a door, you're not praying for a thing, Okay, we're, we're in need of an opportunity. We need a, a, a chance to move. We, God is speaking to us. He could be speaking to you about an education, about a ministry, about a business opportunity, about a job. I just talked to a friend of mine who's, whose son opened a, can you imagine opening a restaurant at this time? Opened a takeout restaurant, and he's making a fortune. I mean, God is all over it. Guy's a Christian, and he felt like God said, do this, and even his parents said, really? As a matter of fact, it's kind of a pizzeria kind of thing. And he's making five times what most of the other pizzerias are in the specific town that he's in. Because God gave him a door to knock on and to open. There you go. So uh, what I hear God saying is, what, what's your opportunity this morning? What, we need a door open to us. We, we need to knock. But here, here's a question. How do you knock? What does knocking look like? Well, the first thing is Paul tells us to devote ourselves to prayer and be alert. So it's interesting to me that on the, Mount, the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus describes to his disciples, you know, we go to the Sermon on the Mount and we think that the sermon was for the people on the Mount, but Jesus 
in, in, in the descriptions of the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew and Luke, it says, not until his disciples were sitting before him did he speak, and the implications he speaks to them, all right? And so he's teaching them in Matthew 7, 7, which is our text first this morning, what are the mechanics of knocking and prayer? What are the mechanics of prayer? So in Matthew 7, 7, he says, ask, and it's in the present active tense. In Greek, that means, it means ask and keep on asking, okay? And it will be given to you. And then he says, seek and keep on seeking and you will find. And then he says, knock and keep on knocking and it will be open to you for everyone who asks and keeps on asking receives. And the one who seeks and keeps on seeking finds. And the one who knocks and keeps on knocking, the door will be open. See, these are three modes of prayer. Each one is valid, but each one is a little bit different from the other. Sometimes we merely ask God and we receive what we ask for. And the problem with this is that asking is a particular mode of prayer. I don't want to go back and give personal examples because I've done this in previous weeks where I've asked for stuff and, you know, crazy stuff and God just lays it on me. Have you ever had that happen? Say, well, you walk, see, all over the scriptures, God says, ask me. James says, you have not because you ask not, right? So asking is part of a, a, part, a part of prayer. It's not the only part of prayer, but it's a part of prayer. The problem with asking is that there's very little character development in asking and receiving. Huh? You know, if you gave your kids everything they asked for, you know, what would that do to your kids? Huh? So I remember like when my son Nate was about, I don't know, about 10 years old, and he wanted a new catcher's mitt. Catcher's mitts are expensive. And he was really on me for this catcher's mitt. And I just said, hey, Nathan, I don't have the money right now for, to buy that mitt. It's a really good mitt. I don't really have the money to buy that mitt. He said, well, go to the wall. That's what he said. Why don't you just go to the wall? And you know what he's talking about? Going to an ATM machine, <laughs> you know. <laughs> That's all you got to do, you know. This isn't a problem. You just go to the wall. The money comes out. Get me the catcher's mitt. And I suddenly realized that my child was not developing. <laughs> yeah. you know. And so God doesn't give us immediately everything that we ask for. I usually, when I'm doing prayers of asking, I'm asking if I should ask. Huh? And then if I should ask, I ask. It's that kind of thing. We could do a whole morning on asking. But there's another level of prayer, which is called seeking. And seeking is different from asking. Seeking is a process, okay? Seeking means I have to look where something isn't in order to find out where it is. Are, are you there? So what does that mean? That means two things are built into seeking prayer. One is work, and the other is disappointment. You know the parable of the lost coin in Luke 15, 8? I don't want to go there, but you know what happens. The widow loses this precious coin, and then she has to sweep the entire house meticulously to find where the coin is. In other words, she has to look everywhere where the coin isn't in order to find out where the coin is, and she has to work her way through that. That's a perfect description of prayerful seeking. So work and temporary disappointment tend to involve prayerful seeking. But you know what that does? It builds character. It really does. It builds character. So that's a, a certain kind of prayer. Okay, I've got to move along, but that's a whole morning in itself too. But I would say the highest level of prayer is 
actively knocking, all right? The highest level, Jesus says, when I've spoken to you and you need an occasion of opportunity, knock and then keep on knocking. Now, here's the developed, this is the developmental thing about knocking that's different from seeking and asking. Sometimes before God opens the door for us, we first have to open the door for him. Huh? I want to read quickly from our second text this morning, Revelation chapter 3, beginning in verse 1, where Jesus is concluding what he has to say to the Laodicean church. And boy, I really believe in so many ways the church in the West is like the Laodicean church, but that's another day. All right. Okay, he says this. Behold, in Revelation 3, 1, Behold, look, t- check this out. Look at this church. I stand at the door and I knock and keep on knocking. If anyone hears my voice, but you got to hear the knocking before you hear his voice, yeah? If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, who opens the door? We do in this case. I will come in to him or her and eat with him or her and he or she with me. This is active intimacy with Jesus. And then he says this, the one who conquers or the one who overcomes, I will grant him to sit with me on my throne as I also conquered or overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. See, that's spiritual authority. That's us moving in to a position of spiritual authority consequent to intimacy with Jesus. I'm not losing you, am I? That's what he's saying, all right? So this is not just praying a prayer. This is being devoted to prayer with an attitude of thanksgiving. And that's what Paul is talking about. So there is a huge principle here, and this is it. The opening of my door to the presence of Jesus determines which doors of opportunity will then be opened to me. And that's the season we're living in, huh? It's not a matter of asking and seeking. The whole point of prayer ultimately gets to intimacy with Jesus. Do you, you, you ever think about why God wants us to pray? God doesn't need us to pray to get stuff done. Did you realize that? I mean, that's evident in that Isaiah 43 passage. Behold, I'm doing a new thing. It doesn't say, by the way, if you pray, I'll do a new thing. There's no condition in it. The question is, if you pray, if you're alert, will you see what it is I'm doing? Well, you see what I'm doing in your life, okay? So, so um, it, it involves hearing his voice. It involves letting him into your life in a way and then it, supping with him, supping with him. It's Eucharist with him. Eucharist means Thanksgiving too. I didn't plan on going to seminary. I had a bachelor's degree. I was going to just self-educate myself. I'd, I was already teaching at Bible colleges, right? So, and then all this stuff began to happen prophetic words. And somebody kept saying, you need to go to seminary, okay, and w- which is a three-year master's of divinity, and I'm just thinking, all oh, this stuff. I had three kids, all this stuff. And God just said, you need to knock. So I began to knock. I didn't, m- no money, you know, and I began to knock, and I began to knock. And I, I started to knock on the obvious, you know. The obvious was to go to a conservative evangelical seminary and just be taught all the stuff I already know, and pay for it. (laughs) Through this whole process, God sent me to a liberal seminary, but it had an excellent language department. But it was a liberal seminary where I had to get in open fights. I was the evangelical, charismatic kid on the block. I was the person from the lunatic fringe, 
And but God used that in so many ways. But here's the interesting thing. I went where I didn't expect to go, where I probably shouldn't have gone, but I was knocking, and suddenly that denomination gave me the money, a lot of the money to go to seminary, even though they were a liberal denomination and I was who I was. See, that's called an open door, huh? It's that kind of thing, okay. All right, I, I could do a series on the mechanics, but I just want to move to a couple practical applications. If in your prayer life, you're knocking on some doors right now, uh, seeking some opportunities, I believe this service, God's going to drop some opportunities in people's consciousness, okay? Here's some helpful thoughts. What's the first thing you do? Well, devote your life, as I said, to prayer. And here's the thing, stay alert. Stay alert. Behold, I'm knocking at the door. If you open, hey, hear my voice. Stay alert. There needs to be a prophetic understanding. Stay alert. Stay alert to adversaries, yeah? Stay alert. If there's a door there, stay alert, okay? And, and be alert to God knocking on the door, and, and then be alert to what he's saying, hear his voice, and then be, be alert to be intimate with him. Uh, that's where alertness comes from. Paul says, wherever there are doors, there are adversaries. Now, here's a, a big key question right here. What could possibly be the adversaries we are facing right now? All of you out there, all, all of us here, what could possibly be the adversaries we're facing right now to open doors in our lives? See, persistent knocking is making noise to gain entrance, right? There's an urgency to it. If Jesus is knocking, he's making intentional noise to gain entrance into my life in a new way. But there are adversaries. And remember, if you don't hear his knock, you don't hear his voice. So here's the adversarial problem today. This is because this is one of the noisiest times of my life spiritually. And it ain't all God. Can I say that again? This is one of the noisiest times of my life spiritually, and it ain't all God. Remember that God said, you know, I'm going to do a new thing. But right now, listen, God's intention right now is to be noisier than the noise of politics, than the noise of pandemics, than the noise of the press. Than the no I can just go on and name it all. Right now, God wants to be noisier than all that stuff that we get bombarded with every single day. Are you there? And I have just made it my intention to hear God above the fray of all that nonsense. I'm not telling you not to be informed and all that stuff, but you can't get informed without somebody trying to assault you today, right? Hear him knocking. Join him on the throne, which means exercise some spiritual authority, yeah? There's a cacophony of things right now that the enemy wants to obscure. All this stuff that we're going through. The enemy wants to obscure the power of God. The enemy wants to obscure the demonstration of the Spirit. The enemy wants to obscure what God is saying. But listen, God is saying, will you not perceive it? Huh? And so I'm excited about that. If you don't see it, you don't have benefit of it. Okay, thirdly, stay honestly alert to what God's showing you. In the book of Revelation, like immediately after John opens the door and has intimacy with Jesus, you know what the next verse is? It says, and after this I looked, and behold, a door standing open in heaven. Huh? Intimacy with Jesus, 
And then he says, and after this, I look. Behold, take a look at this. A door standing open in heaven. I really believe there are doors ready to stand open in heaven for us. And then he says, I heard a voice like a trumpet. And then he says this. He says, come up here so that I must show you what must soon come to pass. You know what that means? That doors are gateways of prophetic vision, not only for the church, but for our lives individually. Right now, I really believe there's a door opening. There's an obedience I've got to get to. I don't even know if I have energy or time or I I don't know how I'm going to get there, but there's a door of obedience that God wants me to move through, and it's going to probably define the latter part of my life. I'm just giving you an example because I don't think I'm special. Huh? This is the season we're all in. Opening the door to Jesus gives you perspective. All right? It helps you see where to go. It helps you see what to do. It helps you see what's the future, right? And it helps us, and it shows us how very, very much authority we have. You know, Barry Falkenstein preached that message a couple months ago on spiritual authority, and uh, some of us shut down, and oh, what are we going to do about this? And, And I thought, this is an important message. We who are under authority have authority. Huh? And so finally, and this is my last point, knock and keep on knocking until your door opens. Don't give up the pursuit. And don't, don't, you know, don't wimp out. Knock and keep on knocking. Have faith. Be persistent. See to it that, as Paul says, that we maintain an attitude of thanksgiving, which is hard during this time. You know how hard it is to be thankful during this time? But maintain an attitude of thanksgiving. Paul did it in a Roman jail. I saw that jail, that detention place. It was a pit. And he did it there. So knock and the door will be open, Jesus said. He's not a liar. For the one who knocks keeps on knocking and the door will be opened. And that's what God is saying this morning. Thank you for listening to the NC4 podcast. For more info, visit our website at nc4.org. We believe in the power of a connected life. If you prayed to give your life to Jesus today, we'd love to help you walk it out together. Just text the word Jesus to 610-816-6062.